Welcome to Abide's Sleep Meditations. I'm Tyler Boss. Today's meditation is brought to you by our partners at Life Audio. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Head over to lifeaudio.com now. Remember, you can have full access to all our sleep stories commercial-free. Just text ABIDE to 22433 for 25% off the app. Now, relax your mind and body as we hear tonight's sleep story. Hello, and welcome to the sleep story from ABIDE. I'm Edward Grinnan, the Editor-in-Chief of Guideposts. Thanks for joining me as I share this story, A Walk with Grace. Tonight, I invite you to join me and my beloved golden retriever, Gracie. We frequently explore the beautiful wooded hills of western Massachusetts called the Berkshires. On these quiet hikes, with my dog at my side, I often find a closeness to my creator that I experience in no other setting. There are moments I feel God walks with me, as surely as Gracie does through the beauty and the wonder of his creation. And I sense his presence with every step I take, a peace that passes all understanding. I think about Jesus' words to his disciples in John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Just being out on the trail in the woods, experiencing the closeness of God, the companionship of my beloved dog, and the beauty of nature lets me feel free because I know that God is in charge. I don't have to worry to carry the weight of the world. Through gentle rain, and even a rain that comes down a little harder, causing us to need to find shelter, we will still feel God's presence and peace. Gracie might think it's just me and her on this walk, but God's always with us. But somehow, I think she knows that too. The Bible tells us in Psalm 148 that all creatures can praise the Lord. I can see Gracie doing that. Before we begin our walk, turn off the lights, get comfortable in your bed, allow the weight of your body to sink deeply into the mattress, let God comfort you after a long day. Sometimes when I'm tired but have too much on my mind to sleep, I look over at Gracie and she's completely at rest. I can see her breathing slowly and steadily. She doesn't have a care in the world. She's safe in my house. And you are safe in God's care. So let him have your concerns of the day. And be like Gracie, just breathing and resting, knowing you are safe. Take a deep breath. Hold it for a moment and then release it. Feel your body sink deeper into your warm bed as you let your breath grow steady. Random thoughts jumping into your head? 
tell them to come back tomorrow. Now is your time to rest. Consider that verse again, John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. God's got whatever it is that is keeping you from resting. Let him have it, so that you can get the sleep that you need. Don't hold on to it like a child who needs their security blanket before they can fall asleep. God is the only security you need. Keep breathing slowly as you listen to my and Gracie's story. Let the beauty of the Berkshires and peace of God that passes understanding guard your heart. If you fall asleep before I finish, that's fine. I don't mind a bit. And neither does Gracie. Let me pray for you now. Dear God, thank you for this listener joining me and Gracie tonight. Help them to sleep in deep peace as they give you all their cares. Where there are worries, let them cease. Where there are distractions, take them away. You hold all the world in your hands. And our light and momentary afflictions do not trouble you at all. I ask for this listener that you would remind them of your great care for them. Help them to walk with you in faith and be filled with your peace. Sometimes it's not so easy to remember that you are always with us, especially when hard things happen. So I pray that you keep bringing tonight's verse to mind. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We all need your peace, Lord, so thank you for always promising it. In Jesus I pray, amen. Now close your eyes and relax as I tell you about a day that I'll never forget. Come on, Gracie. Let's go. It's a chilly Monday morning in April. The promise of spring rain is in the air. If I'm going to get Gracie out for a hike, I better do it soon. She needs her exercise, and so do I. I face a bit of a dilemma, though. On Monday mornings at Guideposts, we have a prayer fellowship where we gather on Zoom these days to share concerns and pray for others. It is a meaningful way to start the week, bond with our colleagues, and exercise our faith muscles. I look forward to seeing everyone's faces, even in little rectangular boxes. Who could have guessed we'd all be doing Hollywood squares in the 2020s? Today, though, if I am to beat the rain, I'll have to skip prayer fellowship. But there's no reason I can't pray with my friends in spirit while Gracie and I are out on the trail. Any doubts I have about the decision are quickly dispelled when I see my dog staring longingly out our front window at the misty hills in the distance. Lord, how can I say no to her? 
We jump in the Jeep and drive up the road to a small dirt parking area at the Appalachian Trail. I'm lucky to live so close to it. The historic hiking trail loops right above our property, in fact. When the trees are bare, like they are now, I can sometimes look down from a spot on the trail and see the red shingled roof of our house. I grab Gracie's trail bag from the back, leash her up, and head towards the northbound trail that leads up to Beartown Forest and, eventually, Maine. I am surprised that Gracie hesitates. What? I ask her, as if she's going to respond. The northbound trail is steep and rocky for the first mile or so. I thought it would be a good way to get our heart rates up quickly in case our outing is cut short by the weather. But Gracie has her doubts. In fact, this is the second time in recent days that she's balked at this part of the trail. Instead, she's looking across Route 23 at the southbound trail toward East Mountain. The trail gains elevation more gradually in that direction. It's still a vigorous hike, but not so difficult at the start. I feel a lump form in my throat. Gracie, who has the high spirits of a pup, turned seven last month, which makes her an older, middle-aged dog. She's telling me that maybe at her age we should take the easier route, at least today. But the realization that she is getting on in dog ears and slowing down breaks my heart just a little bit. I pray. Father, thank you for blessing me with this wonderful companion. Please keep her well and safe. I turn around, and Gracie happily goes into her trail trot, tail aloft, having won her way. We cross Route 23 and head into the woods. The trees are budding if you look closely, and the birds are singing up a storm, so to speak. I take a quick glance up at the sky. So far, so good, but the sun is nowhere in sight. My mother and father loved birds, and my dad made a hobby of photographing them at our backyard feeder. I'm not such an expert, but I do love their singing. These woods are full of cardinals, robins, bluebirds, and blue jays, and they all seem to be kicking out the jams this morning as we make our way up the trail. Maybe they want to get in their avian areas before the rain starts. We pause to listen to their songs. It's probably the boy in me, but my favorite bird sound is a woodpecker hammering away at a tree. I can hear a couple of them now, one distant and one close. I often wonder how they don't pulverize their brains with such a forceful pecking motion. Perhaps the NFL should investigate what protects the woodpecker's brain from injury and see if there's something they can learn about better protecting players. There is so much we can divine from nature, don't you think? If we just ask the right questions and let God lead us. We pass a small, hand-lettered sign, weathered with age, nailed to a mossy tree limb. Tornado Alley. Here, 
you might ask? We get nor'easters in the Berkshires and the occasional tail end of a hurricane, but tornadoes are exceedingly rare. One did hit more than 25 years ago. It touched down right here on the Appalachian Trail and tore up about a quarter-mile stretch. You can still see the skeletal trees strewn along the hillside being drawn back into the earth. There is an eeriness to this part of the trail, especially on a darkening day, a slightly ethereal feel. Maybe it's the way the light slants differently along this stretch, filtering through the new growth. I've always loved the fairy tale feel of it. I keep expecting a little stone house to appear, with windows lit by a hearth and smoke curling from the chimney. In fact, there is an old blackened chimney that can be seen not far through the budding trees, the last vestige of a house that once stood here in these woods before there was an Appalachian Trail. The trail was proposed by Forrester Benton McKay in 1921 and completed in 1937, connecting Springer Mountain in Georgia to Mount Katahdin in Maine a journey of some 2,000 miles, the longest continuous hiking and backpacking trail in the world. I've always felt a deep spiritual affinity for this old path, having hiked it with a successions of dogs, Marty, Sally, Millie, and now Gracie, who might love it most of all. It was along this open stretch that I first let her off-leash as a puppy and watched her shoot up ahead and disappear. I hoped and prayed that she'd come back, and she did, like a little canine rocket exuberant in her freedom. As we resume our walk, I take a tight hold on her leash and close my eyes. How long can I manage the terrain with my eyes completely shut? I do this to honor my friend, the late Bill Irwin, who through-hiked the trail years ago. No small feat under any circumstances, but Bill was completely blind, with only his intrepid guide dog, Orient, at his side. It was an historic and unbelievable achievement. Of course, we had to have Bill write about it for guideposts, and I worked with him on his story. Bill was not any kind of outdoorsman. In fact, by the time he went blind in midlife, he was an addict and alcoholic who smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. He was a doctor, mind you, a biochemist who helped develop Valium and partook liberally of his invention, as well as consuming at least a fifth of vodka daily. He was proud of his prodigious appetites but after losing his sight fell into despair with only Orient to keep him from ending his life. Then came the miracles. With very little willingness at all, Bill got clean and sober, kicking and screaming, and gave his life to Jesus. Then he quit cigarettes, cold. Only God could have done this, he told me. Then came a message he was certain was divine in origin. Through hike the AT. That's just like God, isn't it? 
Bill found peace, even through his great troubles, just like Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Bill was not a hiker, not even much of a walker. He'd barely heard of the AT, yet he set out with Orient early in the season, around the early spring, from Springer Mountain, intent on making it to Maine by early fall. By November, he was struggling alone through knee-deep snow in the rugged white mountains of New Hampshire long after other hikers had finished. Yet he and Orient did finally make it to Katahdin, unassisted. The first person with blindness to solo through hike the AT. When I asked why he did it, why he put himself through such pain and peril, he simply said, I wanted to show what God could do with one ordinary man. Ordinary? I stumble a bit and open my eyes. I made it about 20 feet without using my sight. Bill did it for more than 2,000 miles. To this day, I still cannot fathom it, except as a miracle. But of course, that's the point of a miracle. We aren't meant to understand them. Bracy and I soon come upon a water crossing, a rushing brook that connects two large marshes popular with geese and ducks. The tall cord grass is swaying in the wind, a sign that the weather is picking up. We can hear it in the trees. We hop across some flat rocks and two old slabs of broken concrete. It's anyone's guess how they got that concrete all the way in here. It sure beats me and Gracie. We take a breather on the other side where there is an old tree stump that's good for sitting, and I pour Gracie a drink of water into her cherry red porta bowl. I check my watch. They will be holding prayer fellowship right about now. I bow my head and say a prayer. Lord, Bless this day and thank you for it, possible rain and all, and for the amazing dog you gave me, who is wise and wonderful and lets me know her limits and reminds me of mine. I have said many times that all the dogs that have come into my life were brought to me for a reason, to teach me and guide me and make me a better human being. Bracy is no exception. I watch her now as she drinks. She'll take a couple of slurps, stop, look around, then resume drinking, only to stop again and quickly observe her surroundings before resuming. It is the awakened instinct of guarding against attacks by predators at a watering hole, a survival practice instilled into her kind by God. In the far distant past, and which still prevails to this day, even though I would never let any harm come to Gracie. Isn't it wonderful, though, how God helps us protect our animals? We are on our way a few minutes later, along a portion of the trail I used to let Gracie free on, but not today. On one hike last year, 
I let her off leash, and she shot off far into the woods, farther and faster than she usually goes. I waited a while, then went in after her when she didn't return, fighting up a hillside through the brush, trying to find out where she disappeared to and what made her bolt like that, whistling and calling her name. Finally, she emerged at the top of a ridge. There was something in her mouth. What on earth? I called her to come. Gracie! She paused, then came leaping over fallen trees and zigzagging down through the brush till she was at my feet. In her mouth was a tiny fawn. I gasped in horror, then recovered, not wanting to spook Gracie, and realizing that the fawn, though undoubtedly terrified, was actually alive. After all, Gracie was a retriever, and retrievers are bred with soft mouths, so as not to crush the prey they are meant to retrieve. But this poor fawn. Gracie sit. She sat. Drop. She dropped. The fawn sprang up, and Gracie made a lunge for it, anxious to not let her prey get away. I managed to clip her leash on her just as the fawn escaped her jaws and disappeared into the woods, hopefully to find its mother. Bracy nearly jerked me off my feet in pursuit. I had to grab onto a sapling to stay upright and say a quick prayer for the fawn's safety. Ever since, I've been careful not to let her off-leash too near the fawn incident, lest she go crashing off in search of it or one like it. She has an amazing memory for such things. Euphoric Recall We cross a little dirt road, the back entrance to a summer sports camp that will soon be swarming with teenage campers. My goal is to make it up to a spot called the Ledges on the near ridge of East Mountain. We have maybe a mile uphill to go through some lush, gorgeous terrain that I'm never tired of admiring in any season. We haven't been up this far since the winter when the snow stopped us short of the ledges. We pass through a fern grove that is just beginning to grow out. In a month, it will cover the forest floor. We notice a fresh pile of bear scat, which worries me a little, but I carry a whistle with me that usually scares them off. They don't typically like to tangle with a large dog like Gracie, but this time of year they are grouchy and hungry and sometimes have young'uns nearby. So we best be careful. I wrap my hand around the whistle in my pocket and say another quick prayer, this time for our own safety. We reach the steepest part of the hike and climb until we find ourselves above a system of ravines carved into the ridge and the ledges that overlook them a little over a thousand feet of elevation. All along the ledges are boulders, and we lean up against one to catch our breath, the air rich with earthy smells, and we admire the spectacular view, even on this misty day. A hawk soars above us on a thermal. I wonder if Gracie can see what I see, the distant hulking hills seemingly poised for the rain, the mossy green ravines, and jutting out crops of rocks and tree roots. 
I know she smells the same smells and much more, with ten thousand times the intensity. I feel her lean into me. That's what I call a dog hug, a gesture of appreciation and affection. I scratch her neck. Not bad, huh? I say. She looks up and pants just as a raindrop splashes on my forehead. We gotta move, kid. Downhill is always more treacherous, contrary to what people might think. It's easier to trip and fall with gravity bullying you along. Gracie steps carefully, watching me. She is very concerned I might fall, which I have occasionally, and it concerns her when I do. I can almost hear her thinking, It's so much safer on all fours, you dummy. Fortunately, the trail has been very dry, so it will take some time for it to become muddy enough to be a problem. But we still have a few miles to go before we get back to the jeep, and the rain is increasing. We reach the back road into the sports camp. Suddenly, Gracie decides she wants to follow it. Sometimes we'll play fetch on the tennis courts there. Not today, I say. Gracie her breed having originated in the highlands of Scotland, is not particularly averse to precipitation. She continues to pull in the direction of the camp. Gracie! She turns and gives me a stern look. Maybe she's on to something. There's a baseball field right at the back entrance with covered dugouts. I look up at the sky. This might just be a passing downpour. We can hunker down in one of the dugouts till it passes. Does Gracie know this, or is she just wanting to play ball in the rain? I don't care, and let her lead, dodging the mud puddles that are rapidly forming. Gracie loves mud. She has a kind of told-you-so attitude in her gait. For a dog, Gracie is a bit of a know-it-all, and she likes to let you know it. The dugout along the third base line is the closest and we duck in, the overhang barely keeping us from the rain that pelts the roof. It has a musty odor and peeling green paint. There is a pile of old baseballs, one of which Gracie seizes and rolls around in her mouth. Rule number one, all balls are hers. She drops it and I trap it under my foot. Gracie growls playfully, then barks. She loves games. A few minutes later, a small Toyota pickup rolls up. Joe and Bo. Joe is the longtime caretaker of the camp, and Bo is his mixed-breed 11-year-old dog, mostly Border Collie with some retriever in him. Bo is old enough to have known Gracie's golden predecessor, our beloved Millie. Man, how they loved to play. The first time Bo met Gracie after Millie had passed, he was a little confused. She looked like Millie, and she was with me, but she wasn't Millie. It didn't take them long to warm up to each other, though, and off they went, chasing the wind. Bo jumps out of the truck and comes into the dugout. Being the polite dog that he is, he greets me first, then Gracie. I noticed he'd gotten a bit whiter on his black muzzle over the winter, 
Bo is getting up there for sure. How's he doing, Joe? I asked my friend. Blowing down some, he answers. But he's good, still likes his food. Well, that's the important thing, I say. Joe tells me, we'll be opening up soon. First time we'll have overnighters here since the pandemic. I was going to do some mowing today, but looks like the rain has other plans. Joe doesn't look too broken up about it. Neither does Bo. It's the kind of day when a nap wouldn't be a waste of time. The two dogs are sitting side by side, staring out at the ball field. Wet dog smell permeates our little space. The rain is letting up some, but it's too muddy to let them run. Besides, I think Bo's running days are over. He is happy just to ride around in Joe's truck while he makes his rounds. He is a good dog who deserves an easy life now. There is nothing sweeter than an old dog, in my opinion. Joe says he has to be on his way, and he and Bo climb back into his truck, wave and are off, tires spinning on the slick, wet grass. And so are we, back down the road, dodging mud puddles toward the trail, the sun is trying to muscle its way through the clouds, but it's fighting a losing battle. The rain will start up again sooner or later, and really, I don't mind. Tonight, the clouds will move on, and there's a full moon on the rise, and the stars, tiny, fiery worlds in the firmament, the lights of eternity. All of God's glorious creation breathing life into us this Monday in spring. Yes, we have the whole week ahead. Let me pray for you. Lord, when we walk with you, no matter where we're going, we know that we can be at peace, no matter what troubles come, whether we trip and fall or lose our way. You're always there to pick us up and put us back on the right path. I pray for my friend here tonight that they would always know that you are right there. Help them to sleep in the wonderful peace of Jesus tonight. Amen. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. And not long after that, he said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Be at peace with Jesus, friend. Thanks for walking with me and Gracie tonight.